<laughs> All right, welcome everybody to the Bruin Back Heel on UCLAradio.com. So this week we have no Odie and no Cass because Odie went home and Cass is just busy again. We can't wait to have her back, but it's not gonna be today. And, uh, but today we do have a really awesome guest. We've had her on the show before, like make cameo appearances, but we have- We haven't super, officially- We haven't officially introduced her. So super- Hi. This is just for like- So, oh, okay. We're just talking. Happy to be here with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, like, this was easy for us because obviously your room with Maddie and Shayna and E. But uh, yeah, how have you been? Great. Chilling. I went home this weekend for Halloween um, with my niece and my mom. Santa Ana? Yeah. We went to Palm Desert. So we just hung out and chilled. I mean, I always want to go back and see my little niece. Yeah, have you seen pictures of Issa? No, I haven't. What? I mean, probably on Instagram because I've always yeah. there, so that's probably where I've seen. The cutest. She's like, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <But> <laughs> She's adorable. She's so cute. I'll show you pics after. For sure, for sure. Okay, so obviously, whenever we get our guests on here, we'll we'll just you know shoot the shit like normal and talk later. But first, <laughs> I want to ask a couple specific questions to you and essentially how you got into soccer. But yeah, first off, obviously you're, you're Mexican, so that's soccer is such a big thing in Mexican culture and like Latin American culture. But how did you specifically get into soccer and playing soccer? Well, my dad played growing up and then he played professionally in Europe and he played in Mexico as well. And then my two brothers played, I mean, just followed my dad. And then they played here and they went to college. At to, UCLA? One of them went to UCLA and the other played at UCI. And then they went to Hungary and Holland, and then they came back home. And now they're just like coaching. I mean, like their jobs are around soccer still, but I kind of want to just like follow their footsteps, obviously, because it was all like they did. did. And it was like, I mean, it worked out. And my mom was just like always supporting and my dad as well, so. How old were you when you say you first get like kicked the ball and realized you, you like this? Because um, I remember we had Shane on and she was saying like she didn't like it at all for like the first bit. <laughs> like there was just soccer balls at my house. Like, Shana didn't like it. I was just she like, like Shane didn't like it. That's what I remember from her like when we had Shane on. She's like she had to like grow into. It. I feel like it's allowed to be like oh this is what I want to do. Yeah, for me it was kind of like. I was like four or five and my brothers were playing like club so I don't know I just like wanted to do what they did and not because I just wanted to like be a follower like I actually like really loved it from like day one and then like high school you know started going like national team camps and I like loved it more so and also you grew up in Santa Ana so you would have been did you play in like the same club teams and like play against these guys and like OD? Yeah. <laughs> so I played first at like the Sunday leagues, like with boys. So like I first played with boys before I got to a club team. And then when did we like start playing against each other? Like, I don't, I don't remember like club. I remember like, cause like she's, you were gone from Mexico so much. Like it'd be like a weekend or like, we're playing West Coast and oh, Mary's not here, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like we grew up. I remember playing her blues team, but like my teams would suck. Like we weren't. I like tried to get her to come to my team. Yeah, it was just kind of, I, it was close to home. So I knew I was like, fine. My dad was like taking me to training growing up. So it was not that far of a drive for him to go to the west coast so it was nice at what point did you realize you wanted to play at ucla i'm guessing you were recruited pretty early on well my brother graduated here oh 2011 so oh, that's really so that's i really was early. i was like 10 11 so before that he was here four years so i don't know i was like came to his games and i was like this place is nice <laughs> <laughs> and huh. were you right you never really have talked about this so West Coast. 
by Jalala? No, no, no. She was like 10. Oh, yeah, no, she, no. <laughs> I was like, she just told me she wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my brother was here and Jorge was here. <laughs> and then when I was at West Coast, when I was going to like to national team is when I talked to Josh and Amanda. And then Josh left. Yeah, Josh was a recruiter. He was he was a good recruiter. He yeah. Were you looking at anywhere else or like no? <laughs> Honestly, not really. I was kind of I just had like my mindset. That one is pretty ballsy. But that does sound. But like it's you. like I didn't know where else I wanted to go. Like I didn't think I was gonna go anywhere else. Honestly, and I was just like, hey, hope hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that kind of works out. Okay, Maddie and Amp, do you guys have any questions before I move on to my more in-depth ones? Um, I guess growing up, like, with your brothers playing and, like, your dad played, like, do you, did you feel pressure by these, like, older guys in your life about soccer, about oh they, they're watching your games, they're watching your trainings? Yeah. Like, my dad was my coach forever and there was one training I did like so bad like yeah awful and he goes because we would drive like an hour to your Belinda like that's when I was on strikers and then like my dad wouldn't like eat he would take me right after work and like find something to eat there and he's like after the training he's like I'm so disappointed in Spanish <laughs> obviously I'm so disappointed you literally like you did so bad. Like, do you think I'm here to just like waste my time with you at training? Like, if that's what you want, then I'm gonna take you out of club. And like, you, oh, you, know, you think you were probably I like, was like 12, 13. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, he's, he's right. All like, for, all from one training. Yeah. yeah. One dumb, one dumb, training. stupid training. And that's when I was just kind of like, I can't mess around. Like, my dad. Is literally doing this every single day, so, except Wednesday we did train on Wednesdays. But I felt bad. I was like, "Damn, you're right." And then, yeah, I worked harder. Nice. Anything? <laughs> um, outside of like the tactical and like technical side of soccer, what is something that you feel like you've learned from the game and that you can like apply to your everyday life? Like, how has it affected you in the way that you like? conduct your life I think injury, nice question injuries really make you appreciate like walking or going to get like food stuff like that like just appreciating everything because like soccer doesn't last forever and a lot of things don't so I definitely learned a lot through that I mean I've been injured like so <laughs> but yeah yeah, injuries just make me appreciate everything more. Good question, Em. Hey, thanks, Mary. <laughs> so on like the technical side of things and how you actually see yourself playing, who are the players that you really think influenced you growing up or just your favorite players? Mm, I like the old Ronaldo. My brother really liked him. Yeah, yeah Brazilian Ronaldo is my favorite player of all time. Yeah, he's, because my brother is, George, the older one, he is more of like a laid back. He like played CB, like right back, sometimes like the six. And like, I don't know why he looked up to him, but like he was literally like the best player of their time. And like Oscar really liked the way he played. I mean, he wasn't, he did so many like cuts and moves that he like messed up his knees. Yeah, so, he's your favorite player's favorite player. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I literally, just looked up to him because of my brothers. Everything because of my brothers. I mean, do you see yourself playing like him? No. No? <laughs> I don't, I like can't dribble. Like <laughs> he will like dribble everyone and score. He's powerful. Like his shot, his like 90% of his shots are going in, you know? But I feel like you're underestimating your dribbling. That's one of the things when I think of you, I think. Your dribbling today was good. <laughs> yeah, because they can't like take the ball. Like for that one, like half of highlights was Mary dribbling as opposed to like shooting and scoring. I just felt like Ashley Sanchez. <laughs> 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 no, but I like 
honestly, I'm not that player, but I would like to be that player. But I, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. Maybe, yeah. But I liked, I don't know, I just like being, like, simple and sometimes taking risks. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Busquets, Iniesta, like, players like Do you have any Mexican players specifically that you look up to? Female, yes. My coach right now, Mm -hmm. um, Moni, she played, she was like one of like the first players that played for the Mexican national team, like growing up, like she would get, she would lose like 13-0 to teams. And like, I mean, that, that had to happen, you know, like for them to have a a team. Because women's soccer in Mexico is relatively compared to other countries pretty new, at least like federation stuff like that. Yeah, like, what is it, five years old, maybe four years, so... Yeah, I mean, she paved the way for, like, so many players. And, I mean, her her grit, everything that she – The Mexican spirit. The Mexican spirit is what I love from her. Passion. So, yeah. Maddie was asking you this before we, like, started there, but she said we should save it. Uh, when did you get your dual citizenship, and what made you decide to Mexico to play for? Because, obviously, you could have chosen the United States and had that. Yeah. Um. So my mom and dad and my two brothers were actually born in Mexico and I was the only one born here. So I got my citizenship from them, but I was, I mean, I always had my American and I was in sophomore, sophomore year high school where I first got called into camp and I needed my like birth certificate and my Mexican passport to go or else I like couldn't play. <laughs> so I like got it right away in Santa Ana and then I went Oh, I didn't know you got it like kind of later. Yeah, I didn't get it when I was like born. Oh, oh okay. I only got it because of the national team. Oh, because I needed it. Yeah, and then I got there. Um, and then like a couple tournaments passed, and I was like getting called into like the U.S. But you said too, no. I was too loyal. <laughs> <laughs> was there a specific thing that made you decide to stick to Mexico? Or was it just that they called you in first? You're like, I think they got me. I think they called me in first, and I was kind of like, huh, like they're calling me in just because Mexico called me in. Like it was kind of like that. Um, but no, like everything about that team, like the family, like the camaraderie, like everything. Like I fell in love with it. Like just being there, like everyone makes you feel home, and that's like kind of like tied me back to like Santa Ana and like all those girls that are from Mexico, like soccer is all they have. So like, they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna try their best every camp. And like, I, I kind of like fell in love with that part of it. And it made me work harder, obviously for my parents. So. What would you say is like a style difference between, cause obviously you play at UCLA and you you know, like Maddie, Shayna, all like the North, North American guys. What do you think the style difference of play between that and Mexican national team? The style play, Mexico, I think tactically, like, very organized, technically very good. Athletically, not the best, but I think, like, the passion and, like, the hard work kind of, like, covers that up a little bit until, like, the 60th, 70th minute where people are, like, dying. (laughs) But, I mean, that's, like, the difference between here and there. I mean, here you have so much depth, like all the players on the bench are going to come in and make an impact, you know, like, right. Um, that's, that's definitely like very different than Mexico. They kind of have like their set 11 that they always like start. I think here you can start so many players, you know? Okay. Have you guys ever played against each other? Played against each other once. I didn't play. Did she played. <laughs> and I tore my like it. No. Yeah. We played, in, we played, we in, played Italy. in Italy. And our, our Josh, at Josh, who was our the coach at UCLA, mm. was there watching us. And yeah. so he, like, saw Mary, got her, Mary get her. And she was the first person I known who tore their ACL. And she, we were 15. Yeah, that, that, I'm guessing that was under 17, That's right? That's so yeah, under 17. Like, like, you were still growing. <laughs> Like, I was like, why did this happen to me? So, no, it was... Shit, I didn't know you got injured that early. Yeah, I got injured sophomore year of high school, 15. And it was like... I missed the U-17 World Cup, so it was really hard for me. But, I mean, the injuries I had here in L.A., like, I kind of knew what I was expecting, you know? 
Okay. Was that the only ACL tear you had? Yeah. Okay. And everything else has been knee, knee Meniscus. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what, like what the difference is between, I don't want to say like a mentality or like, was it kind of the same where after you tore the ACL, you kind of knew what you had to go through to recover from the next one? I mean, yeah, I think my, my surgeon was telling me like, Oh, you can, you can make the U-17 World Cup team. And there's no way I could like, <laughs> it was like six months, six months. So I was okay. like, dang, like I've heard of someone do it in six months. Am I going to do it in six months? I don't know. <laughs> like, let's see. So I think that pushed me. And then when I got to six months, he was like, yeah. Like this whole time, I I kind of like told you and try to push you, but there's like no way. And I'm like, yeah, you may. <laughs> but I don't know. I just kind of my brother had torn his ACL and my dad too, so kind of like runs in the family. Oh my god! It's weird. My dad tore his ACL too. Did he play soccer as well? He played basketball. Basketball. Okay, but yeah, yeah. So weird. You, you kind yeah weird. You kind of know like what to do and like all those. Cause I mean, my dad and brother went through it, so they they gave you some. They wisdom. gave me some wisdom. <laughs> yeah. So you, I know you missed that first the under seventeen World Cup, and obviously you guys just like you, Mia, Jackie, and who else from our team uh, was just you, Mia, Jackie, who went to the Kyla. Uh, you, Mia, Jackie, Kyla. Kyla went to the Concacaf qualifiers, right? Four so, different countries. Yeah, four different countries. And obviously, Crazy. the finals was Mexico versus the United States. Yeah. And you got <laughs> killed. Yeah. <laughs> you guys qualified for the U20 World Cup, and now that got postponed. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Are you optimistic that it'll, it'll happen right now? Because I think it can happen. The it's way. supposed to happen in January. I don't know if it happens in January, but I think it can happen. I don't think it's going to happen, obviously, like you said, but... I mean, I have like high hopes. Hopefully, we have yeah, camp like two months away. We have camp in what, like five, six weeks? Oh, damn. Okay. No, more than that. Maybe like eight. But I mean, I'm just trying to prepare for that. I mean, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You can't like beat myself up. But right. It, it does. Because this wasn't anything that was in your control. Same yeah. like last time. It's just stuff that keeps happening. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I mean, I'll be, I'll be prepared for it. Um, hopefully not go through another dumb injury, but I'm working for that and rehabbing still. So I'll be ready, prepared. I mean, did you guys see that uh, apparently they're looking to have a full U.S. women's national team game at some point this month, really? like a competitive oh, game? I see that. Where? I, I have no idea. They didn't say anything about opponent or where it's going to be, but apparently the soccer federation is oh, wow. aiming to have one competitive game this month. Well, it kind of makes like it makes. Aren't sense. they in camp right now? What did you say, Anne? Aren't they in camp right now, or they were? They just got back. Okay. Camp just ended. So, like, all those players have been playing. They've been playing in the NWSL, mm -hmm. or they're playing abroad. So I feel like they could have a game here. Could it be an international game, like? Apparently that's what it's going to be. Like, they're, like I don't know if what Canada is doing, you know, because that would make sense if it was like Canada, US, Canada. Mexico, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean that'd be nice to see. Yeah, I, don't know. I doubt it would be with fans, yeah, or anything like fans. that. And I don't think it's going to be like an actual like qualifier or affect FIFA ratings, things like that. I think they're just going to have it. Maybe just like scrimmage or. Yeah, I'm mean, not like a scrimmage, like an exhibition match, maybe. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Mexico men's team played in the Netherlands like a month ago, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, just like a friend. Yeah, league. it's so strange because men's internationals breaks have been going on like yeah. it's completely normal, but women's international teams they've essentially been having camp, and in Europe. The women's international teams have been having their season, but like North America is essentially cut out from it, and like Australia yeah. and things like that as well. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like broken up based on how different areas of the world are handling COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like it's kind of a dead period though because you have the Olympics, which is like next summer, but not all these international teams are going to the Olympics. Right. Yeah. Like there's one country that can't like I don't want to say it's France, but like their qualifiers was on for the World Cup. It was like the top three teams. Oh, and it right, didn't, right. Or maybe it was England. I think, like, I think you're talking about England. Because I, they like can't go to Olympics. Yeah, I think it's something like, because England's finish at the World Cup counts for Team Great Britain's participation in the oh. Olympics. Because it's two different like federations. Because oh, okay. like, it's Great Britain and then England. So Scotland and Irish and Welsh players can play on the Great Britain team. And because England finished fourth, uh, 
I think they, they qualified for the Olympics in, uh, what do you call it, UEFA, mm-hmm. but because of COVID, they don't know if, like, they're going to be able to go, if players are going to be able to train, because, like, the England national team, the most recent camp got canceled because of yeah. COVID cases. Yeah, it's bad over there, huh? Yeah. Weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's, I mean, hopefully they play, have, have a game, at least. What's the situation with, like, the Mexico set up right now? Well, they had a camp last month. Couple weeks ago, and the women's national team. Yeah, the my twenties team, and I mean they were like fine, no cases. I mean they were only there for a week, and then they went home. Fine. So I'm, I mean, I'm hoping I'm yeah. hoping that's what happens in December. I mean I feel like once we're there, no one can really go anywhere, and everyone just stays. So it's better for like the coaches to know like everyone's like safe from covid okay yeah but i don't know there's college teams fully playing right now yeah which which is so weird to see i don't know how it's gonna the world cup is gonna happen like is are people gonna fly like private doesn't make sense as in like 2022 no next in january for our 2020 world cup right 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 so i don't it's scary, you know? And Costa Rica is the host, mm-hmm. but Panama like already backed out because their cases were really crazy. Uh-huh. So. Did Panama qualify? Panama. They qualified because they, they're hosting. They're hosting. Oh, gotcha. Was... So that's why there was only two CONCACAF yeah, teams, right? You're right. And it was, yeah, so Canada didn't make it, and it was Canada. just you guys in the States. Katie almost beat us. In PKs. What was that the semis? Yeah. That was the story you're telling us about like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Dumornay, I think that's what her name is, is like the best Haitian ever. Was she the one that had a golden boot at that point? Yeah. Yeah, because she, she took it from Mia by like one goal. No, no, Mia had the golden boot. Mia had the golden ball. Golden ball, yeah. yeah. She had the golden boot. No, she's really good. <clears throat> I think she How old is she? France. How she, old is she? I'm. I'm sure she's not that age. <laughs> I'm, I'm, she's older or younger? She had to be under 20. There's no way. But she probably wasn't. She's what do you mean? How could she get around she, that? She told me she's like 14. Because she would be like, <laughs> like 14? Because she's from Haiti. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's got a sketch. Oh my gosh. I'm not even kidding you. Like, there's teams that have had that happen. Like older girls, especially, yeah. especially in, in Asia, there's a lot of teams that have like problems with um birth certificates, birth certificates, and the like fudge things. It yeah. happens not just in soccer, but in a lot of sports. Everything. So I, I was just like, oh, older, young, <laughs> but she's so good. Like she's literally their best player. What was your favorite game for that uh, E20 qualifiers? Damn, probably that one. Even though it went to PKs. And- yeah, honestly, I think it was like the most intense. Because they're like, whole, whole country was there. It was like right before right. COVID. Oh, wow. It's like cool. But it was really, their, their squad, like their country is very, very supportive. So it was really cool. I mean, they're like right next to DR. Mm-hmm. So. Is that the largest crowd you think you played in front of? Or, or had there been other like Mexico games or like a UCLA, like the SC game that you played? I think a SC game. SC game? Yeah. yeah that was, they, the memory just came up from two years ago. That was the Stop Up Center one, right? Yeah. That game was so lit. So yeah, that was a, that was, yeah, that I think was that was, game. I think that was the biggest crowd thing I've played in. Not the one at Drake? Or was that the year before <laughs> you got here? That was the year before we got here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that one was more that one. Did you go to the game? I'm no, sorry. I didn't go. It was, yeah, there was that one. one was like record breaking. I remember them saying it was like the most watched collegiate women's soccer game ever. Let's yeah, see. yeah, and the record won't be broken because no, we're never playing Drake again. So crazy, yeah. Why? Because Wally. What Wally's like the thing is they last, gotta expand it. The thing is last year they were like, oh maybe we'll play SC at Drake, yeah. but then that conversation just. Ended. I don't know what happened there. There was something where it, it like clashed with something else or like a couple other events happening in LA or like in soccer at that time so they're just like you know what let's just keep a Wally and Wally was packed but like that doesn't mean much you know yeah there's it's yeah. funny because my brother's running for school board in Santa Ana right now and there's like we have a Santa Ana bowl I don't know how many people can fit there 
but I was like, damn, what if we had like our SC? <laughs> we would, we would pack it. 100%. I mean, genuinely speaking, the SC UCLA game, that's one where you could put it in like a bigger stadium oh, for, yeah. for most for sure. sports. Yeah. yeah. Even, especially for women's soccer. Because people are going to go like, yeah. no question. Yeah. People are going to go and, you know, up until literally next year, there will, that's like the highest quality women's soccer in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. That's true, yeah. actually. I never yeah. That. Look at us. <laughs> I know, it's so cool. Okay, so Mary, obviously you're playing in Mexico now and UCLA, you have this year and then next year left. Or do you have a retro year? I'm just... No. no. Okay. No. So after that, what is your goal? Do you want to play in the United States? Obviously you have that option. Or do you want to follow in the footsteps of your brothers and your daddy and play in Europe? Or yeah. is like... Liga MX option for you. Yeah, um, I think I want to play overseas, Europe, maybe try it out and raise like that player value, and then go to Mexico and then make some big bucks. <laughs> I mean, probably end playing in Mexico, but I mean, if an opportunity comes in the states, then take it. How many uh, teams are in the women's league? There's a there's like a lot. I don't know how many, I should look that up, but there's like teams all over. And I mean, the top three 18, teams. Which 18, is more than most women's league. Yeah. Top three teams, like I, I've known those girls like since I was 15, like all national team players. Um, but they're making like, the top players are making good, good money. Yeah, Liga so, MX has always been very well supported because Liga MX is the most viewed league in the States. Not even MLS, not mm-hmm. Bundesliga, not Premier League. Like, the, like, the America have, like, their stadiums are so full. Like, before COVID, they had so many fans there. Yeah. And I feel like it's only going to keep growing, hopefully. Well, this is, like, I know this is about Mexico. This is, like, so random. But when Liv went and played in Brazil, mm-hmm. remember she went to a camp in Brazil? Yeah. She played some she had a scrimmage against me it was like venezuela or something but the stadium was packed for her six she was 16 years old screaming against venezuela in brazil okay, I think it was told the story. and like i saw and her mom like probably posted a video but it was insane the amount of people that yeah. would support they're diehards yeah. like those are fan like real genuine fans that are yeah. going to go and support their city like city team so I mean, the girls that I know, those are like, they have like 200K followers and they're all from her city that she plays in. And she's like a superstar there. And I mean, she's she's getting like commercials, endorsements, like ads left and right. So Do you have a team or like a team that your family supported in Liga MX? Um, well, my family goes for Atlas, but they're like so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And then, I mean, Chivas... America and Tigres are like probably the top three that I probably will play with. Mm-hmm. So. But but first your goal is immediately after you'd rather go to Europe and you know yeah. a like do you want the mainly the experience of playing overseas for like the exposure or like the, the quality yeah, of play? I think quality of play and exposure and obviously to like raise that value. Like I feel like if I go straight to Mexico, it's I'm not gonna be as valuable I guess mm-hmm. as if I go to Europe first I mean as, at least that's what the coaches say to do so it makes sense just yeah. because of how European women's soccer is growing and Mexico is at a, is a, at a good level yeah but it's not always the easiest to break out in a league like yeah. that like Kenti Robles is playing at Madrid right now she's a starter and she's getting paid bank like I mean after that she can go to Mexico and ask for how, however <laughs> much money she wants pretty much because of yeah. that Okay, ideal place to play immediately out of college. You can pick one team. Where are you going? Don't worry, the other teams aren't going to be listening. Uh, <laughs> like, what, like, country? Like, do you want- I think, like, Ajax would be so cool. Like, that would be a dream. Ajax women. Um, Liver- Damn, Liverpool like would be so cool. Um, Spain, I feel like Sevilla would be super cool. Atletico. In Barca's like for me, super. I mean, that'd be a dream. Spain, like Spain, amazing. So that'd be like my top in Spain. 
Oh, yeah, hopefully. Big goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you put it out there now, so you, you got to So, yeah, start manifesting. If you guys, that's, like, my main goal right after college. So now you guys know where I'm headed. Did you have, like, did you have, like, a team you supported? Not necessarily in Mexico, just, like, a, a club team? Um, Like, in Europe? In Europe or, yeah. I'm, I'm Bar- Barca fan. Barca, okay, you are a Barca fan. Makes yeah, sense. but, I mean, if Madrid... I mean, they're, like, just as good for women. So, I mean, Dana's playing in – where is she? Atletico. She just scored yesterday. I mean, she has a huge fan base over there, too. Venezuela follows her. So, yeah, she's literally, she's big time. So, hopefully, that's, like, my dream. Okay. What's your, like, short-term goal with UCLA? Short-term – because, I mean, it's no secret. You obviously had, like, a started career because of injuries here. Like, how do you want your last two seasons to go? Um, and the obvious answer is win the Natty. But. You win the Natty. That's, like, Pac-12 champs win Natty. Yeah. We need to win the Pac-12. We need to win Pac-12, like, we before we win the Natty. We haven't won it in, like, so long. I yeah. think since the 13th season. Yeah. So, it's been, like, seven, eight years. And we need yeah. to break the curse. Yeah. <laughs> Do everything I can. I mean, any, anything Amanda, the coaches asked for, my team asked for, I want to be that player for them. We always say, like, this is the year. <laughs> <laughs> we always, that was last year. Freshman year, we were like, damn, this is the year. We're like, last year, damn, last year we're, like, like, we're so good. But this year, I'm, this year, like our team is good. We're good. Dude, we were good last year as well. I know. We like, <laughs> got such a bad run of luck when that final four came. I mean, not, not just like luck into it, it just it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. Like we're like deep. Yeah, we have the fact that we're that we have like 60 <laughs> people on our squad. We have 14 yeah. freshmen that are all good. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I mean and they're just gonna keep growing, you know, it's yeah, like freshman year. Have you always been a forward or like no no, I mean like you're not you're center type mid, right? So yeah. yeah. Um, no, I started playing like center back, really? <laughs> but I was so bad and they moved me up. So, center back. was it because you were tall? <laughs> it's like so much. You say that as a right back. <laughs> no, I right think, back is hard. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I think eight, ten. I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something so much. Yeah, eight, ten. I think is the, is the way for me. We had this like running joke. But like all the midfielders are so like I don't know. Oh yeah, annoying. We were like <laughs> talking about like how they're only like I'm an eight. I can only play the eight, and we're like, you guys are was, all just midfielders. Yeah. I was explaining to her like the diff- the roles with like a six, eight, ten uh-huh. is so different. They're different. Yeah, they're different, but you definitely like especially they're interchangeable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless like there's some I like there's some maybe players that I'm like okay. They're way more of a six than they are a ten. Yeah. Vice right. versa. But I feel like Mary's like an eight, but like she, she could drop and play the six just as fine, and like you can play the ten. Yeah. But like obviously that's only some players. But I feel like midfielders are just they have this like stigma like. I think uh, it's because midfielders midfielders kind of want to be like defenders. So defenders obviously it's like you're you're either a wing back, an outside yeah. back, or you're a center back. Yeah. You generally don't see much like. Especially in, in Europe and like with pro players, you don't see much like going back and forth. Yeah. You don't really want to see a right back playing center back. Yeah, for sure. But with midfielders, it's kind of like you can kind of slot in. Not not saying anywhere, but I think it depends also like three five two four four two. Yeah, like, yeah the formation like, matters so much. Yeah. Whereas for a center back or right back, it's your, your center. Your yeah, player. for sure. But yeah, we we're having that talk after training. <laughs> Where do you prefer playing? Eight. Yeah. 10 is kind of hard because your back is like to the goal, <laughs> like turning fast. She's an ace to heart. Yeah. Six is, is like pretty boring. <laughs> I kind of knew you were going to say that. Like, I feel like attacking is, is the way to go. Okay. Awesome. Do you have a team you support in MLS? Uh, yeah, not a really so full. <laughs> What's your MLS? Yeah. What's your MLS team? Uh, I think there's just two assistants. 
for the U.S., right? He played in the U.S. He did. He was playing with their youth team two years ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's that rivalry like? Oh, man. It was, <laughs> it was like her brother plays for the U.S. beach team. I did know that. Yeah. Another rivalry. That's, we're always that, like, that's just, pretty crazy. No, we always like, we're always like, oh, like cracking jokes at home. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's always like so competitive with him. Even Frankie, they like, they always try to like make me feel like Mexico sucks. <laughs> like, okay, but I also think it's funny that you were the one born in the U.S. But you yeah, <laughs> literally, like my brother and I are like opposites. But I'm like, dude, you're not even real American. Like, <laughs> like come on. But Frank, yeah. Hopefully, he gets like a call up to like the like selección. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. I mean, you can still. With he like has his like passport ready and like all yeah. that. Does he have Mexican? Like, not even go. So, what'd you say, Em? Does he have Mexican citizenship? Yeah. So he's like actually getting that passport, so he can probably like go to a team in Mexico too. Oh, cool. Cause that'd be like nice for him. Yeah, I mean, because his contract ends soon. It ends, yeah. right? It's supposed to end like right this season. So is it two season contract? Well, his, it was like, he signed with Generation Adidas, so that's three years, two years, I think? I think it was, that was, what, 2018? 2018. So, yeah, I mean, his contract's about to end, so hopefully you get something renewed with the team. Yap will help him out. He's yeah, I mean, we were talking how having the dual citizenship helps. I mean, it helps a lot more in women's, I think, but yeah. even in, like, the world of men's soccer, I feel like yeah. it's something that can be definitely useful for sure okay uh one last thing i want to ask you about before we go into like the topics i had uh <laughs> set out um what are your thoughts on spanish commentary versus english commentary <laughs> i can't watch a game in english <laughs> like it's so hard but there's some spanish commentators that are not great either but it I can mean, be hit or miss yeah hit or miss <laughs> like growing up i just listened to like all day soccer was on tv the whole day i mean so we were talking last week about how there's this team in brazil that beat their opponents like 29 nil and for every goal the twitter admin was still like going goal (laughs) and i was comparing that to your guys's concrete thing for all the u.s games where they beat their opponents like 6 nil 7 nil 13 nil like yeah the commentator even for the last goal was going like goal crazy if they like conceded one and it was like still like 6-1. The commentator would do that for every goal, no matter what. Like, it's just not that deep anymore. Even if it was like a tap-in, like, they, they'll do it just to do it. I so I want to ask what you think about that. I think it's like they have to just keep saying stuff. And they get like, I mean, how long are they talking? 90 minutes? So they have to like fill in their time with probably like a and long they, word. And, yeah. And then when the, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so long. But then in, when there is a goal, they're like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, we word. can talk about this. <laughs> Literally, like, I don't know how they do it. It's like so long. 
it's like you have to really know everyone's stats honestly or what are you going to talk about I mean we'll play like I've played some of the like the ACC games or like the other college games and like We'll be listening out loud in the commentary. It's like <laughs> I know they're like, like their cousin's dad or something. Yeah. I'm like, how do you invite me? Are they like, oh, last summer, you know, so and so trained here. I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> this? And it's like a picture of them, like my friend Jenna. She's in a car, like <laughs> this. I'm like, where did you get that picture? No, no, so, it's so weird. We had to do the same thing for Pac-12. Like when I was doing commentary for your guys this season. Like, I had to know all your guys' stuff, where which youth teams you guys each played for. Oh, you guys like, who cares? That's probably why they need to, like, people time. care, dude. People, people promise you people, people care, care, but like, my grandma cares. Like, yeah. It's stuff like that. Like, exactly. Imagine if I was commentating on, like, something you did, you scored a goal, and, like, I don't know, I said, like, you played for the wrong club team. That club team is going to, like, act. Oh, like, <laughs> and, hey, your commentators don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. I'm not gonna listen to it without it. Like, I'm gonna listen with the commentary. You know? Yeah, I'm like, but sometimes I'm like, let's hear what these people are saying. Sometimes I'm, Spanish. oh my god, yeah. Like on ESPN, I'm like Spanish and like, I mean, I think it's because I grew up like that. Mm-hmm. But I can't. In English, like, what's his name? I'm gonna Is be this boring. Out there. Is English um, the commentary boring? Like, what? What's the difference? I don't know. Like Spanish, they add so much flavor and like they talk like so energetically the whole game and like they're funny too. Like they're so funny. Like I was watching like this YouTube video with my dad and like it was just commentary, like old Spanish game um, from Spain. Like they're so good. I'm like, this is why people don't sleep. Like (laughs) I can't sleep through this. Like you know. And some games I are really boring. I feel like with the U.S., like it's hit or miss with commentary. In the US. Yeah, but I feel like it's just like a conversation. Like it's just like Julie Foudy talking to. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, <laughs> talking about their day. Or no, like, yesterday I was watching Frank play. They're like down two zero, and he had like four. Like he should have gone a card, like yellow card, the first foul he did. <laughs> he had four fouls, and the commentator's hating on him. Like I'm breaking. Yes, he's like. I can't believe this is why games get out of hand. I'm like, obviously we see, we see that. You don't have to like yeah. keep bashing <laughs> players. And maybe I was like biased because it was him. But like, it's so annoying. Like just talk about something else. Talk about the goal, you know? Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from because it is definitely real hit or miss when it comes to English. But I think with, especially Spanish, an Arabic commentary is very similar with Spanish and like languages like that. It's very like hundred percent all the time oh, or no yeah. one's going to pay attention. And it's cool, too, because, like, the commentators that are talking are, like, they've played, they have experience with teams, and, you know, they, they, don't, they know what they're talking about, you know? And that's, like, what I like to listen to, because they have, they know what they're talking about. It's cool. Okay, cool. So, it was pretty cool that we had you on today, because today is the Day of the Dead. So, mm-hmm. I had, like, a little thing I wanted to show, so, and, and you can look at it as well on the Google Doc. Let's do this. So, a couple, Whoa! Of, a couple of League MX clubs did a special third kit, or, like, fourth kit release for um are they playing with that today for david i think so or like whenever the nearest game this is so i think it was tijuana atlas uh pachuca Pachuca. san luis i don't know what that is they're up here oh queretaro that's san luis yeah so these five clubs tj nice so and why don't we start off with you what do you think which of these is your favorite like just say by like the color and what the design is and do you think people should or like uh league should do more to create cool stuff like this yeah i think the i don't know what team the red one yeah i think the red one is really cool i like how it has like the skull in the back um that one is like the most intricate it looks like and like the most like tied to the day of the dead um and definitely i feel like having like the jersey represent the culture um is super cool like it definitely shows like where like what people i don't know represent like even more so um with like symbolism and stuff i think it's really they're really beautiful and like really colorful that's super cool maddie mary which ones are your guys favorites i like the red one too the red one's really cool but i like the the character one the Top right with like the stripes and it has oh, the skulls. I, I like. I just zoomed in. The this black is, one's cool. This is my family's team. Atlas. Uh-huh. 
So I have to pick that. Oh wait, if you zoom That's in, nice the well. purple one. Oh, has there's like detail mm-hmm. on the on the dark stripe. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah, this nice. is so cool. I didn't even know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So are these only for one day? Yeah, today. I, I think it's only for one match day. Obviously, they'll like sell them and like highlight them and stuff like that. It's so cool. It's honestly kind of like, why not? Like, they'll probably increase sales because like the more different jerseys you have, like people are going to want more of them. Especially those fans. They buy yeah. anything. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like a win-win. Like, I don't know what the downside would be. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, super cool. I, I wish like MLS clubs and like European clubs did so, stuff like this more mm-hmm. because now what they kind of do is like MLS will have like a Pride Day games or like um, I think the Fourth of July games. Yeah. And then in Europe they'll have you know the first kit, second kit, third kit, a special like FIFA kit, and you know, they'll like release all like classic yeah. kits. But they never really do something like for a specific game day. I feel like that's such a good way to bring attention to like causes or like if it's you know a festival or like, stuff like that. For sure, I feel like this stays super important over there and like for them to do that i mean these teams have been generations generations you know mm-hmm. super cool i mean i wish like some of the teams for breast cancer they would yeah. have a pink kit right and like under i feel like it's under armor won't do that but like we have like a pink kit we didn't have a pink kit we just Did had we? pink socks pink socks really but like yeah. the night like other sponsored like their whole kit's pink like it's oh. like Oh, you're right. We didn't have a pink. Yeah. We just had those pink shirts. Like, yeah. Okay. Wait. Didn't Lauren have? Did she? She had a, she had a pink shirt. Yeah. A goalkeeper shirt. Yeah. Didn't she? So maybe pink they shirt. will make it, or maybe they can make it. But I I'm mean, like, Under Armour is not really the pink no. shirt anymore. But whoever. I know yeah. Adidas did. I mean, Nike did. Nike did. Because yeah. I know Stanford had pink kit. Yeah. Like, I think what Mazu do to or like yeah. yeah. I mean, UCI freaking had a beautiful pink kit, and I think that was. Very special. Yeah. Like, there's an opportunity for, like, the college level to, like... Yeah. And they have the money for it. Release a new kid. <laughs> yeah, it's not really, like, something it's additional. Up, but yeah. it's through... I feel like it's through your sponsor, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's completely up to the sponsor. And, you know, we don't have to talk about Under Armour much, but, like, just the idea that... Yeah. They haven't... A lot of college sponsors, I feel, don't take real opportunity of, like, the, the place that they have... Yeah. ...to take advantage of stuff like this. So this is, like, a really good example example of one way to do it for sure and i want to ask there's always a question we ask our guests on there if you could design your ideal ucla kit what would that be something with kobe on it <laughs> i'd have like some snakes like a black wamba no i don't know but something that inspires me definitely because i mean i don't know if you know but our family has shangard company and we personalize like shangards whatever anyone wants plug it Plug it? Plug it. Like, Shameless like, plug. Just oh, it's Kings Pro. Okay. What's the website? Uh, kingsprotection.com. So, I mean, I think growing up, my brother always had like that vision that your shingard should have something that inspire you. Because every time like your socks fall off, you're like, oh, dang, you know? But, well, sometimes you can see it through a sock. Yeah. Like if you're wearing white socks, you can see them. So something definitely that pushes me inspires me because i mean i'm gonna see my players wearing it so mm-hmm. cool okay and so i mean you mentioned kobe just now you wear number 24 was that did you ask the coaches for 24 yeah oh so cute when did, <laughs> like, was that like part of your conversation initially you were like a man i want 24 or like no we got here and freshman year i was kind of like oh is 24 available <laughs> yeah oh i need that <laughs> number and frankie just copied me hmm. Did he have it as well at UCLA? Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's 24 at Cincy, right? Okay, that's cool. Hopefully, when I leave, I can get that same number. Wherever you go. I feel like it's pretty unique. I don't see many people with 24. Especially, I mean, in soccer, I feel like it's less common, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, club club I had 24, too. So, I had it because of, again, my brother, Kobe. I always wanted to be like them. Your brother wore 24? Yeah. So my brother went to UCI and Kobe was like in their facility and he was like walking by him and he like 
purposely like walked like this <laughs> so you could see his number. <laughs> um, but he like told me this and I like literally was dying. I was like, that's so funny. Did you ever get the chance to meet Kobe? No, my no. brother did. But... Huge inspo to the fam. Would you say out of like all the LA athletes, is he, would you say he's like the most inspirational or why, why is he so important to you over other LA athletes? I think growing up, I would literally like he won back to back. Like when we were in what middle school, elementary school, yeah, we were 10, 10. So and you have your brothers are 18. 19, yeah. So, so really they crazy. were like dressing me in Kobe. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. So my, yeah. my mom and dad like literally loved him too. So yeah, that team, Palgasol, D fish, like metal world piece, like ballers, you know? So yeah. I always followed them. And then it kind of like, I kind of started finding out why my brother loved him so much. And then, you know, there was like, I tore my ACL at 15 and I would like watch his videos in rehab. Like that was what got me through, you know? Yeah. So okay. Really cool. Yeah, no, that's a really great story. I mean, how, how have you handled Kobe's passing? And like, I, I, know, I remember when it happened and Danny, you were super down about it. Man, I was actually bawling. Like I never knew the guy, but he, the way he impacted like the game and I, he didn't even play soccer, like just sports, right. like his, he impacted so, many, so people. many people. And he was like a huge advocate for like women in sports. Like yeah. that was what was so amazing, you know? And I don't know, the whole tragedy was like so crazy, but yeah, I was like, my mom and dad were crying. They never had like, someone they looked up to in sports that was like him so yeah it was it was tough honestly and then I just kept like watching all of his videos over and over and yeah, it was really sad okay so we're about to run out of time we have like five minutes left um first off moving something a little brighter how has practice been this last few I guess pretty, one or two months or so pretty like every day is like a different <laughs> thing that happens but just to have the team back and like, you know, compete, you know, can't do contact, but like just be it's out there. More competitive. Yeah. And like a fun today, life. I think today was like, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think blue team was happy about <laughs> having me one down. Yeah, no, it was, it's getting better. Like the players are getting more comfortable with each other. And I think that's what we need right now. And hopefully the break people, you know, keep working hard. So then we're ready for when we come back and the team is looking great. Okay, cool. Algo de decir por tus fans de México en español. Los amo, gracias por todo. Um, I don't, I don't want to say like vamos América because I feel like that's where I'm gonna end up, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, that's like you're the first I told that to. Awesome, big scoop for Mary. <laughs> Anish gets all the tea. Yeah. Anish literally got all the tea today. All right, cool. Maddie and M, anything to end up with or finish up with? Thanks for coming, Ruby. Yeah. Thanks for making the walk. <laughs> walk to the living room. Walk to the living room. Yeah, thanks so much, Mary. No, and thanks. can't wait to have you on literally any other time. No, honestly, whenever you guys want to talk, catch up, let me know. I'm here. Not going anywhere cool. anytime soon. We're just gonna go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Literally gonna go back to.